Zaki is here reading for you. Zaki. Oh yeah. Chapter 3 From Technocracy to Technopoly. Say only it is here. But when did here begin? When did Bacon's ideology become a reality? When, to use Siegfried Gideon's phrase, did mechanization take command? To be cautious about it, we might locate the emergence of the first true technocracy in England in the latter half of the 18th century, let us say with James Watt's invention of the steam engine in 1765. From that time forward, a decade did not pass without the invention of some significant machinery which, taken together, put an end to medieval manufacture, which once meant to make by hand. The practical energy and technical skills unleashed at this time changed forever the material and psychic environment of the Western world. An equally plausible date for the beginnings of technocracy and for Americans easier to remember is 1776 when Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations was published. As Bacon was no scientist, Smith was no inventor, but, like Bacon, he provided a theory that gave conceptual relevance and credibility to the direction in which human enterprise was pointed. Specifically, he justified the transformation from small-scale, personalized, skilled labor to large-scale, impersonal, mechanized production. He not only argued convincingly that money, not land, was the key to wealth, but gave us his famous principle of the self-regulating market. In a technocracy, that is, a society only loosely controlled by social custom and religious tradition and driven by the impulse to invent, an unseen hand will eliminate the incompetent and reward those who produce cheaply and well the goods that people want. It was not clear then, and still isn't, whose unseen mind guides the unseen hand, but it is possible, the technocratic industrialists believed, that God could have something to do with it. And if not God, then human nature. Adam Smith had named our species economic man, born with an instinct to barter and acquire wealth. In any case, toward the end of the 18th century, technocracy was well underway, especially after Richard Arkwright, a barber by trade, developed the factory system. In his cotton-spinning mills, Arkwright trained workers, mostly children, quote, to conform to the regular celerity of the machine, end quote. And in doing so, 
he gave an enormous boost to the growth of modern forms of technocratic capitalism. In 1780, 20 factories were under his control for which a grateful nation knighted him and from which an equally grateful son inherited a fortune. Arkwright may fairly be thought of as the first, even archetypal, technocratic capitalist. He exemplified in every particular the type of 19th century entrepreneur to come. As Siegfried Gideon has described him, Arkwright created the first mechanization of production. Quote, in a hostile environment, without protectors, without government subsidy, but nourished by a relentless utilitarianism that feared no financial risk or danger. End quote. By the beginning of the 19th century, England was spawning such entrepreneurs in every major city. By 1806, the concept of the power loom, introduced by Edmund Cartwright, a clergyman no less, was revolutionizing the textile industry by eliminating once and for all skilled workers, replacing them with workers who merely kept the machines operating. My trial is over. I hope you enjoyed it. Goodbye. Take care.